The face of Latina professionals propels women of color to reach their highest potential through education, community, and self-development. Join us as we come together to provide a platform for Latina voices to connect and be heard on the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Face of Latina Professionals podcast. I am your host, Estefania Galvan. And today I'm with a very, very special guest. Uh, her name is Rebecca Nieves Hoffman. Hey. Hey. Rebecca, how are you? I'm doing well, Tefi. I could call you Tefi, Yes, right? you can call me Tefi. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> but that's how I've always called you. Yeah. <laughs> These 10 years that we've known each other. I know. We're going to talk a little bit about that, uh, how we met. We, I met Rebecca for a very, very long time. Um, you were one of the first people I met here yeah. in Chicago 10 years ago. You were part so. of the welcome crew with the signs at Midway Airport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, our experience together, how we met? Sure. So um, at the time, my kids, oh my God, 10 years ago, that means that Solomon was four and Sophia was five. So I have two kids and um, they, uh, you know, I was an executive in the nonprofit sector at the time and had a crazy busy schedule, parents and family that lived outside of Chicago. We live in Chicago and I needed, you know, support with, with my kids. And so um, I decided to uh, host an au pair. And for those of those, for, for those of you that are listening and you're like, what's an au pair? It's basically <laughs> like a live in nanny, but it's an yeah. international person. So someone that comes from another country. And, um, and so I, uh, I was looking for an au pair and, and I met this young woman in our, in our neighborhood named Natalia. Mm -hmm. And um, she told me, oh, my goodness, my BFF in Colombia, Estefania <laughs> Galvan. She's looking, she's wanting to come to the U.S. in this program. And long story short, you became our au pair, changed our family life and dynamic forever. Because uh -huh. to this day, you, you, my kids are just very, you know, obviously they love you and they're fond of you. And they're like, she was the best. Uh, they're huge now. So, I know. <laughs> they're taller than you. We, we should show like a before and after picture. We at the airport and then now the kids are like towering over you but I'm five foot nine my husband's six foot one and Big you're family. you're what four eleven <laughs> we gotta put that pulgadita in but, but yeah. yeah for those like who didn't know that um that's that's part of my story too yeah, and it's and an important part of your story and I have to say I'm so proud of you Aww. in 10 years the way that you've grown as a Latina executive and professional <laughs> and the influence that you've had in the fashion space and um I'm just Craig and I are just so and Sophie and Solomon Aww. obviously we're very very <laughs> proud of you I love it but um Thanks to you guys too, right? Like I, I and and we definitely should talk about that because I do think you, your family, you had a big influence in where am I to, like yeah. today to this day. I learned a lot from you, um, and actually that's why you're here today. Yes, because the, this podcast um, we want to share stories uh, that are able to inspire our listeners yes. and be honest, be real, be authentic, right? That's and, the and only way I know how to be. <laughs> <laughs> Yo no tengo pelo 
con la lengua, como dicen los boricuas. I love it. And that's all. We're going to have fun and, and share stories. Um, hopefully, like, the way you inspire me and my life and my journey is the same you're going to inspire our listeners Amen. today. I believe that. Uh, so you're an amazing Latina from Chicago, Puerto Rico. Um, you do a lot. You're a mom, amazing mom. Oh, you're an influencer. You work in the nonprofit sector. Yes. Um, give me a little bit of brief of like your journey and your life and, and what you're doing now. Well, uh, really quick snapshot. I was the first in my family to graduate and attend college and then fast forward, became uh, an executive in the nonprofit sector for 20 years, really focusing on K-12 education policy and making sure that we have more people that are first gen that have success and, and graduate from college. And then um, right before the pandemic hit, I decided to start my own business as a consultant, helping advise nonprofit executives around fundraising and board development, which is where a lot of imposter syndrome shows up, especially mm -hmm. for people of color executives that they didn't grow up like me mm -hmm. in a super privileged, highly connected, networked families that, uh, you know, traditionally in the past, nonprofit executives, you know, um, are folks like that, that, mm -hmm. you know, they can pull from their own social networks and their privilege to help support their charities and mm -hmm. causes. And so um, right before the pandemic hit, I started my own consulting practice. And um, when uh, COVID-19 happened, uh, I ended up getting an influx of clients because nonprofits, a lot of the ways that they make, they, they earn their revenue for their charities and for their missions is to have events in-person events. There was none of that for mm -hmm. almost two years, at least here in Chicago, where they really were taking Strict. the whole pandemic situation very seriously. And so, um, but when I'm coaching these women, mainly women of color around fundraising, imposter syndrome totally rears its ugly head. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've been able to navigate and deal with that in my career successfully, um, but it still pops up yeah. and creeps up from time to time. Es como algo que tú tienes que bregar for the rest Every, of your life, yeah. you know? We were talking about earlier, and it's like, um, it's hard. And when you don't grow up, like, looking at these, uh, in your close circle, yeah. like, these examples, or yeah. in these networks, and these connections, and all that, it's hard, and, and it's easy to, to get into this mindset. of the For impact. sure. So how do you, how do you battle this? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm a woman of faith and I truly believe that God has placed me on this earth with a purpose. And if not me, who, you know, mm. and, and so I move forward with a sense of confidence that comes from my creator. It comes from my, my family background, you know, my mom and my dad both instilled a very high self-esteem in me. And, um, and they, <laughs> my mom actually, she was a trip because there were these moments, um, that I would, especially early on in my executive career where, um, like for instance, I had to, and I tell this story, my followers know this story. She's a woman of God. Y yes. My <laughs> mom is a woman of God. And she, um, I'll never forget one time I, I, I was flown in in a private jet by one of my donors to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, um, the founder son of Walmart, which is John Walton. And I'll never forget. I was like, oh my God, mommy, I'm about to meet, you know, the founder, the, the John Walton. -y. You know, I'm, I'm so scared and I'm nervous. He's a billionaire. And my mom very calmly and confidently is like, Mira, Rebecca, ese hombre caga como tú. And I 
just remember, like, you know how they say in public speaking, sometimes you have to imagine people in the audience naked. in their underwear yeah. or naked or whatever. <laughs> that was like my moment for me that it humanized the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, and she told me, she was like, porque, porque, tenga, porque tenga dinero no quiere decir that he does that many dramatically different things than you. He's a human being. And I just, when it comes to imposter syndrome, I always remind my clients that people in the space, especially nonprofits, people give to people, not mm-hmm. just that mission and that charity. But if you are a leader that invokes trust, confidence, you've got a vision, a powerful plan to execute on that, then the money will come. The The donors will support you, but they support you. Mm-hmm. And so um, really bringing that humanity into the work that when you're meeting with stakeholders that are very important, calm down, take a couple deep breaths, know that they are probably parents just like you. They're dealing with similar challenges just mm-hmm. like you and try to connect with them in a way that brings out those threads of familiarity. So, you know, you have more confianza in mm-hmm. those conversations. And so that's some that's a way that I've navigated, you know, imposter syndrome. And now it's just something I constantly when when I feel that voice in my head that's causing me to try to second get my, mm-hmm. guess myself, I remind myself of all those accomplishments and the things that I've done that have helped me get to where I'm at. And I'm like, bueno, this is the next frontier, Ija. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And um, if for the people listening to the podcast, the Latinas, what is one thing you will tell them if they're battling with imposter syndrome? What I would say is if you're in a space where you're the only person that looks like you, that sounds like you, Mm -hmm. that has that shared experience, you have a competitive advantage. We never look at our Latinidad sometimes or our different upbringing. Maybe you grew up on food stamps. Maybe you grew up with one parent. Maybe what, what whatever, whatever that fill is. in the blank is, that's your competitive mm-hmm. advantage. You have to see it as such because I bet you anything when you're interacting in these spaces, you're going to eventually meet someone that has those things in common with you. And what happens in human nature when you interact with somebody that has something in common with you? It's like, ah, Yes, these are my people. Mm-hmm, you understand mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And so um, my advice to Latina executives and professionals is to be your authentic self because it is your competitive advantage. Yeah, yeah, that's that's powerful. Yeah. Love it. And I think, what about the influencer, Rebecca? <laughs> yeah, I didn't Let's get a chance to share like, that bridge. <laughs> But basically, like, when the pandemic hit and, and my, my consulting business started growing, I had my teenage daughter in the house with me and, of course, my, my middle school son. And my mother, 80 years old with dementia, living with us under one roof in the pandemic. And so my daughter was like, Mommy, why don't you share our Puerto Rican recipes with mama on social media? Nena, cuando, at first, when Sophie said that, I'm like, listen, I'm not into TikTok. I don't But you're into shake food. my booty, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not over here, you know, meneando las nalgas for everyone to see. That's not me. And so she said, uh, so I gave it a try, though. I took a leap of faith and it took off. Like so many people, it resonated for them, you know, uh, having, I'll never forget doing these bits with my mom of uh, dichos. It was fun. <laughs> the, it, the, yeah, the dichos. The, the dichos that don't translate direct, like, por ejemplo, yo no 
tengo pelo en la lengua. I don't have hair on my tongue. It isn't sad, <laughs> you know, relevant in English and it doesn't yeah. Spanish. But when I got on these TikToks uh, sharing my mom, her recipes, um, our family recipes, the humor of Latinidad and the way we were raised by our Latina moms, it just took off. So collectively now, um, I have a half a million followers. And um, I, if you would have told me three years ago, I'd be doing this social media influencer stuff. I'd be, be like, mentira. <laughs> but that just goes to show you because, you know, I was asked uh, just earlier today when we were just chit-chatting, like, what's your vision for the future? Mm -hmm. Mira, I just operate in my zone of genius at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that God will place me in the right path with the right people. And whatever the path is for me, like, it's organic. Like, I, I if me presenta una oportunidad, I don't second guess it. I'm like, okay, okay, let's run. Let's do it. You know, and I've had to do some really pretty amazing things that logically outside looking and be like, what? But there's, there's, um, There's power in being vulnerable and mm -hmm. throwing yourself into situations, even if you don't feel prepared, because we can get in our heads. Yeah, about, oh, I'm not ready for that. But then why is the opportunity presenting itself? Yeah. Why? Think about that. Why is that person inviting you to do that thing? Yeah. It's because they see that you're ready. So if they're seeing it, why don't you see that for yourself? Sometimes it's like we have fears and we doubt ourselves, mm -hmm. but like people around us can see beyond that, right? That's right. And, and I, I really truly believe that if someone, whether that's your boss, your mentor, your colleagues, they see, they see that in you, believe them. Mm -hmm. Believe them. And where the doors open up, you know, just bum rush in and you'll be amazed at what comes out of it. I would have never guessed I'd be doing these things mm -hmm. that I'm doing right now. And I'm loving it. Yeah, you're doing an amazing job. So the, the, the content, the social media, the influencer thing is about food. Yes. Right? Like she's an it amazing Food, yeah, yeah. started off with food, and you're gonna be in the Puerto Rican parade. And both in Chicago and in Nueva York, in Nueva which York. New York is on steroids. Their, yeah. their Puerto Rican Day parade, it's, it's like it's big bananas. It's yeah. in all the best ways. It's platanos in all the best ways. <laughs> and I love it, like you've been able to uh, show everyone. No, just like the amazing person you are and your oh. values and your journey and your career, but like a little bit of your culture because mm -hmm. you're, you're being very intentional with being authentic and mm -hmm. showing yourself as like how you are, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I don't know, and this is like for me, like sometimes being authentic is not easy because like not everyone, like we grew up, we're Latinas, we grew up in in a very different way from yes. other people like yep. here in, in, in the U.S. and around the world, right? Like there's like culture is big for us. Um, I bet like it hasn't been easy or to be in a in a room where you're the only Latina. No, how no. do you how do you approach that? Like how 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 is that been? Well, the whole authenticity thing, um, it's interesting because as a social media influencer, you obviously observe how other people do their content. And, um, and I, you know, yes, I'm authentic and I come across in that way. Um, but it's not easy for everyone to approach it in that way because they feel like it's weakness. Like mm. being too vulnerable is a sign of weakness or what are people going to think and that sort of thing. And uh, I, the most challenging thing on social media, particularly when I was caretaking for my mom, um, because, you know, she has dementia and that is such a... Uh, 
you know, dignity robbing disease, you know. And so I wanted to share with my community the challenges and also some tips and just things I was learning along the way around caretaking for someone like that. Um, and but at the same time, I didn't want to show her in a negative, undignified way, you know. And so striking that balance was because it's she was living with me, but I mm -hmm. share her with my family, you know, and uh, there were times where like, I, I'll never forget my nephew, Ryan, one time she was being uh, taken off to the hospital. And he said to me, I, I was sharing a story of her being taken off to the hospital. And he was like, Titi, no, like that's, sure. that's, that's, you know, and, and of course, you know, that could be triggering for the family that I share her with. And mm -hmm. so I appreciate that, you know, he, he held me accountable and he reached out to me and I deleted that story, you mm -hmm. know? And so I feel like, yes, authenticity is important and you have to show up in your true authentic self. But at the same time, not everything needs to be shared or seen, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And, and if it's one thing, um, you, you got to strike that balance and what that means for yourself yeah. in a way that honors not just you, but the people around you and your family. And I bet it's been a learning experience for everyone and the oh, family, yeah. for you. Yeah taking feedback from yeah. the people that you love and oh, yeah, also for sure. the, the, your followers. Oh, yeah. Your the followers, they, <laughs> they've got a lot they of keyboard you know. courage. But, you know, it's funny because the perception that a lot of people in my generation have of social media is that, oh, there's these negative people out there. There's trolls. They're going to get you, you know, and it's like they're going to be so negative. And I honestly, to this day, the three years that yeah, I've been doing this, I've probably only had to block like maybe a few people. Mm -hmm. for being disrespectful or mm -hmm. antagonizing people in the comments or mm -hmm. whatever. My community on social media is really, really healthy. Mm -hmm. They're so supportive. And when I was going through my challenges with mm -hmm. my mom and caretaking, they were the ones giving me a support. lot of ideas and support because they were going through it too. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is like, you know, you never know when you share something about your life that feels so lonely and then other people watching, they're like, oh my God, I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. There's power in that and, and showing up in that way. Yeah. And that's like, I love the fact that we're sharing your story and your journey and, and, and hopefully these will inspire other people listening to these. Um, there's been like lots of challenges throughout these this whole journey mm -hmm. uh, in your career and personal. I know like I know you for a long time. Um, what is a one big thing that you say like that was a hard thing to overcome and 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 how did you do it? Um, well, the hardest part, you know, you mean just in the social media stuff? In, or just in general, in like general? for Rebecca, for Rebecca for, Huffman. Yeah, for me, I think it's been, um, you know, that's a really great question because I, I kind of compartmentalize like what in my executive career as, as a nonprofit, you know, uh, executive, it was definitely taking that, you know, feedback, you know, of, 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 uh, specifically from, um, I, I, I'm trying to be careful how I say this because I don't <laughs> want to sound ageist or anything like that. But there, there's just a diff when, when you're an executive and you're uh, leading an organization that is predominantly young, you know, um, a lot of this authority. And I think it also comes from our culture, too. Mm -hmm. When you're raised Latina, it's like you got to respect authority. Mm -hmm. Like if someone's older than you, you got to like w even if you don't agree with their opinion, whatever, which is true, you got to yeah. have respect. That's 
good thing, but sometimes to the detriment of yourself, right? And your own personal growth. And so um, when I was leading a nonprofit in particular, there was a real big challenge of me accepting feedback from these younger professionals that I felt like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, you haven't paid your dues like Um, I have. So having that, because I feel like leaders, we posture a lot. Like, yo tengo el, el título y me tiene que respetar, you know? And so it took therapy. You know, I have this woman that that she's been my therapist and she's amazing and she's Latina. And she kind of drew that out in my sessions. Like, you know, we are products of our personal experience and our family upbringing. And we bring that to work with us. Mm. We bring that mm-hmm. in the sectors that oh, yeah. we lead. And so um, really being a uh, a thoughtful leader that accepts that that is reflective of the feedback that you're getting good, bad, or indifferent, I think has been something that um, at times has been challenging for mm-hmm. me, but it's, I've learned and I've grown from it now, you know, and sometimes mm-hmm. the gro- the the learning and the growth is immediate and sometimes coge tiempo. Oh, yeah. You know, it, you know how they say that time is the best healer of wounds and that, well, time is also the best uh, insightful uh learning experience that mm-hmm. sometimes you'll look back and you'll say, man, I really jacked that up. And now, <laughs> now that I know what I know, I would do that differently. And that's a definition of growth. What would you do different? What I would do differently is be more self-aware of my nonverbals. Mm. Nonverbal communication. Oh, yeah. You know, porque there's a whole trend on TikTok right now of bomba- bombastic side eye. You know, those are nonverbals. You know what I mean? How and, is that? How is that? I didn't, I didn't Sophia's really good at this, my daughter. Yeah. Yes, the, the side <laughs> eye. But, um, but you know, I, I've learned how to really check my nonverbal communication because I really show my feelings through my face while mm. we're in conversation. But when you hold a certain Can't title. Can't relate to that. there's certain like scenarios like when you are you know with an a person that reports to you or reports to the person that reports to you that any little carita mueca can trigger them one way or Mm -hmm. another so that was something that i've had to learn and and it seems something that's so minuscule but it's not just what you say you know when they say it's how you say it you be how you saying it with your face too and so that's just something that i've learned how to not change because to a certain extent like in my personal life there's no filter you know Mm -hmm. when i'm having a conversation with my girls like they know exactly how i feel by what's on my face but i check myself in executive professional spaces on how i interact with my face Mm -hmm. you know yeah how did you learn all these rebecca like you you've learned you teach now so many things like from cooking to career advice and you've been a mentor for me Mm -hmm. uh where did you learn all these well from life experience but mainly from having great mentors Mm -hmm. i've i've i'm a big fan of mentorship a big fan of it i have many mentees and i've been mentored by phenomenal women and you know when you think about mentors sometimes we uh, do you think you can just only have one i have multiple Mm -hmm. i have one that advises me on my career i have one that advises me as a mom i have one that i lean on for the spiritual aspects of my life Mm -hmm. and so because 
we're multidimensional yeah. as human beings, you know? Yeah. And so uh, mentorship and also I've spent money to hire coaches to mm. executive coach me, you know, um, my executive coach from the very beginning of my career, Alicia, she is still a dear friend of mine. And de vez en cuando I'll pick up the phone to ask for mm -hmm. her career advice and, and, and coaching as an executive. So I think the message there is that we're not in this journey alone. Mm -hmm. We have to go along with people side by side uh, who we can learn from. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mentor other women because I've had great mentors yeah. in my life. And yeah. that's what we're called to do, right? Like do this life with more people that's around right. us, loving right. us and supporting us. Like you, um, Rebecca, thank you. Tell tell us more about like what's next for you, sure. uh, what's what's going to happen, what can we see from you, and where can we find you? So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Rebecca Huffman. That's Rebecca with just one C, because that's how we spell it in Latin. Y me casé con alguien que no es Latino, so that's why Huffman, the last name. Pero Rebecca Huffman on Instagram, TikTok, and uh, Facebook. And so, uh, but in terms of what's next, I mean, I'm just going to continue to show up for my community um, in the, the most productive, educational, insightful way. And I really want to continue to live out my life mission, which is that I exist to empower my people to live a life of options. I believe that not having a life of options is a form of slavery. And I grew up knowing that I wanted to empower myself and my people to have that life of options. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? I want to see more TV programming and content that you know, honors the first gen experience that honors the Latina experience mm -hmm. and um, allows uh, young women like my daughter and her, her peers to say, you know what? Since I see her doing it, that means I can do it and take it to even bigger, better heights. And so, yes, because representation matters. And so, um, so yeah, I'm just going to continue to be out here representing my community and my people. Keep showing out on those seats on the table for Latinas. That's right. Yes. We're going to create the table if it doesn't exist. We will. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for your time. I hope thank our listeners you, enjoy these. And please check out Rebecca, her social media. She's amazing. Aww. Reach out to her. She, you're doing coaching too, right? Uh, yes, I do coaching. coach uh, executives. Um, and so they can they can message me um, on, on Instagram. If and the wanna. website too. And the website too, yeah. Okay. RNHcoaching.com. All right. Uh, well, this was a nice conversation. Thank you, everybody. Um, and until next time. <laughs>